Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A podcast ostensibly talking about the Yankees doing things, but they are not doing things much in the second half. Frankly, neither have we. Uh, you know, we had some other personal business to attend to the last couple of weeks that prevents us from recording. It turns out that we would not have had all that much to say because the Yankees have looked about as lifeless as I've seen them in a long, long time. Uh, I'm Andrew Burns, joined by Kunshaw. Do you disagree, or is this team going all the way? Well, let me put it this way. Your question there had more life in it than the Yankees' offense has had this whole second half at the very least. Fair. Fair. (laughs) So I do not disagree. This is saying this off the heels of that terrible, terrible August that they had last year. But at least, like, with that one, you could at least sense... Like, oh, rage, like, what the hell is happening? We were so good just a couple months ago, and now we're, like, squandering it away. Whereas, like, this is just, like, oh, no, we're just bad, and this sucks, <laughs> and everything yeah, sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, last season, like, yeah, exactly. That August was terrible, but, A, it was, like, a month, and there was still a judge during it, so that yeah. that helps a lot. And, yeah, you could tell that there was actually, like, a search for answers, like, whether or not they were successful or not, we could argue about that. Uh, I don't think I, you would see much argument for me, but that's a different story. This has just been a whole season-long process of just bad, and like there's, it just seems like there's no attempt at finding what the hell's wrong with this team. I think and it's that weird. they just don't really have any answers at all because the actual answer is just the guys who are supposed to be helping judge in the lineup are just old and bad now. Josh Donaldson, that is not changing. They are all now basically 2022 Josh Donaldson, just without the unpleasant personalities. <laughs> right. And it, there's part of me who's like, it's so weird for Rizzo and Stanton and DJ to just fall off the cliff all together at once. Because up until now, like with Rizzo, Rizzo, up until like that neck injury, Rizzo was hitting really well. And even like, you know, since he came over from the Cubs, he had been a very solid that like not like you know in his prime early 20s anthony rizzo but a very solid like compliment to aaron judge it was good 
DJ LeMahieu, you know, we kept talking about like, oh, if his foot's injured, his toe's injured, and this and that. But like when he when he's actually healthy, he can hit the ball the other way. He can spray it and do what he needs to do. Giancarlo, again, same thing. Injuries kind of set him back, but when he's healthy, he hits. And now it's just like all of them falling off the cliff at the same time, essentially, is just weird. The like, DJ one is at least something that was less surprising, just considering how the past few years have gone. Sort yeah. of like the Yankees themselves. The only good like stretch that he had was in the first half last year, and then he got hurt and wasn't the same, and I'm not convinced that he's fully healthy. They insist he is. And it's possible he's just like healthy and bad now. That's He would not be the first infielder to fall off a cliff, hitting-wise, uh, very abruptly. So but DJ is just like, well, this, it's unfortunate that his decline happened so soon into this contract, but considering what he's been doing the past few years, not as shocking. Stanton is a guy who we know has can just go into his bad stretches. And as he ages, the, the bad stretches are going to outweigh the hot streaks. And we are in that mode basically in 2023 where we are getting more bad stretches than hot streaks. Occasionally he'll pop some out, but not the same. Um, Rizzo, Rizzo, I will say, I agree. That is the most shocking one just because of how much he was hitting the ball in the first two months of the season. I don't think anyone thought that that was going to be like Rizzo all year long, but the just catastrophic decline since like the end of May, he's been by some measures, literally the worst qualified hitter in baseball since then. And that is just something you can't really battle. And they don't have the depth for it. When Jake Bowers is suddenly your second best hitter, then, uh-oh, you're in shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's someone who's at least been, you know, occasionally hitting home runs. And, like, we it's weird that Jake Bowers is the guy, but... That's it. That's Aaron Judge's support. Jake Bowers and uh, Glaber Torres sometimes. That's it. Yeah. Good lord. It, Billy it, McKinney occasionally getting a hit. <laughs> right. Like just as we just, projected in spring training. It's just it's ridiculous. It's and, stars and scrubs to the extreme. Yeah, but even the stars, some of the stars are scrubs now. Yeah, I guess literally just two stars being Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole, and then everyone else. Two stars. A half a star in Glaber, and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it just sucks. And, and it's like, you're not even guaranteed to win on Garrett Cole uh, starts no. because the offense may not even score a run or two. No, I was I was the lucky enough soul to be in Baltimore, and they just did not score Garrett Cole through seven shutout innings, got no support, and they lost in the bottom of the ninth, one nothing. And honestly, yeah. the achievement there is holding the Orioles to zero runs until the ninth. But yeah, it just never but... seemed like the Yankees are even close to scoring. And yeah. again, it's a, something that's been especially highlighted during the past month has been just they completely give up against all starting pitchers, no matter how bad the numbers they have carry into it. Like Grayson Rodriguez is, is a very good pitching prospect, and it wouldn't surprise me at all one day for like a year from now. It's like, oh, yeah, Grayson Rodriguez just rolling everybody. But Grayson Rodriguez was not a good pitcher in 2023 entering that game. And he threw seven shutout innings and worse pitchers than him have been doing that this month to the Yankees. Right. Yeah. And it seems like they somewhat come to life against like the other team's bullpen and whatever, but they don't get the, 
starting pitcher out of the game early enough, like every freaking starter goes like seven, eight innings, and then it's like, oh, we have three at bats, uh, three outs to overcome a five run deficit. Like, no, that's not gonna work. <laughs> no. And there's just like no end in sight to this pattern because it just happens almost every day. And, you know, here's just the rundown of some courtesy of uh, Gary Phillips from the Daily News. This is just on July 28th, so nothing since then. But Jameson Tyone, 6.93 ERA, eight innings, no runs. Austin Gomber, 6.40 ERA, six innings, two runs. Chase Anderson, 6.89 ERA, five innings, no runs. Griffin Canning, 4.62 ERA, five and two-thirds innings, two runs, 12 strikeouts. Patrick Sandoval, 4.41 ERA, seven to third innings, one run. Chase Silseth, 5.30 ERA, 5.2 innings, one run, 10 strikeouts. Grayson Rodriguez, I should have been myself, is six and a third innings, not seven full shutout. But that's a lot of pitchers who are not exactly, you know, Justin Verlander from Rivaldez, take your pick, who are just rolling the Yankees effortlessly. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Like, yeah, obviously I'm being a little facetious, but there's a chance I can throw five innings of like one run ball against the Yankees. If are you are you crafty? Do you have some off speed pitches? I might not even be able to make it from the mountain to the catcher, and I can still do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I could throw the ball sixty feet or whatever the distance is, but yeah, I I, I might be able to throw five innings against this team. Yeah, and especially in this Rays series in particular, I mean, you should say for full context, the most recent Yankees games have been uh, two losses against the Rays, and they scored three runs total, and two of them did not come until the ninth inning <laughs> yesterday, when they were already losing 5 nothing, so it hardly mattered. Yeah, if, if anyone was wondering, my specific numbers in my example of coming alive against the bullpen, whatever, came from last night. <laughs> yeah. They are 11 games back of the Orioles. I actually hadn't looked at the AL East standings in a minute, and that's just uh, baffling. <laughs> but also somehow not baffling. Just like It's baffling on paper if you don't know the context of these Yankees. It is not at all if you've been watching them, especially for the last few months, because they are just it, it, pathetic. I think it's baffling in both regards. Like, if you have and if you haven't. Yeah. Like if you ha- if you haven't been paying attention to them, it's like wow, the Yankees are eleven games back. If you had been paying attention, wow, they're only eleven games back. Yeah, it seems like a miracle, <laughs> and it's it, it's sad that it makes like what they were doing the first couple months of the season look good. So right. Really, they've had so they were five hundred in April, and then they were nineteen and ten in May, and that yeah, was when Judge was just hitting a bunch of home runs and you know Rizzo was actually alive so some other stuff was happening but since then it's just been all bad all bad they're 6 and 10 in the second half and that's not stretching back all the way to like beginning of June they since the beginning of June they are 21 and 28 which yeah that checks out they've been playing like an under 500 team and there's nothing really else you can say about it they just look bad and there's no end in sight like, and yeah. 2013 and 2014 come to mind as like the most recent like bad Yankees teams and then 2016 as well yeah but like there was something about those teams like I'm not saying they were good or better even but like they were watchable yeah yeah like the, there was at least some fight to them like you had like Brett Gardner supporting Robinson Cano 
occasionally you'd have some uh, nice hits from weird sources. Maybe it was like Travis Hafner's occasional weird good game or Vernon Wells in the first couple of months. Like, Lyle Overbay. I was say, yeah, we're talking about a season where they could they had to put Lyle Overbay in right field because they couldn't get rid of his bat. Yeah, and that's how pathetic the team's offense was. And still, I like just was able to watch them more. I I can't bring myself to watch this team. I haven't watched a game. I think I've watched like one or two games since uh, the All Star break. Like, if I'm being completely honest here, I I can't. It's you're not missing much. I mean, you, exactly. you, need, you don't even need. You almost don't even need to watch the games because the same thing happens like every night, basically. That's what I'm saying. It's a very predictable outcome. When when the offense has 18 strikeouts out of their 27, and the manager goes, well, besides the strikeouts, everything was really good. I thought that bats were really good. No, <laughs> incorrect. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technically, maybe you're correct. Yeah, besides the strikeouts, the at bats were okay. Like, okay, yeah, but like small sample size because it was like what this is uh, nine of the freaking that bat like outs. Like, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah, so. The offense is doing nothing, and then also the starting rotation is having blowups. Like Luis Severino is just complete. Oh my god, this like it's just depressing to watch him at this point. Like he's just getting completely fried every almost every single time. Like he had a couple good outings toward the end of July, and then he just endured like the worst one of his career, basically yeah. <laughs> against the Orioles, and that was just a fitting capper to that series. Pretty much. There was like some hope maybe and then nope. We're just not doing this. <laughs> yeah, now we've reached the point where these are just his season numbers and he's been one of the worst pitchers in baseball. And it like crushes me because we love Sevy so much from what he meant to those, you know, the prime baby bomber era teams. And even just last year, he was really good. But it's it's it just isn't happening. And Nestor Cortez is about to be activated from the IL, and I think he's probably going to step in for Seve because I, Domingo Herman is not all that exciting to me. But like, there I don't see any reason why Seve should be kept in the rotation over Herman. No, and not even from like a, one of our dumb cynical just so we see less of Herman things because well, it's not really- a, it's not a plus to get. Sevy getting plastered instead, you know. No, exactly. Like it's just sad. If so, if somebody's gonna get like blown up, I'd rather it be Herman on a consistent basis. <laughs> yeah, I, I it hurts me to like see what's going on with Severino. And maybe like the only thing you can do right now is see if you can figure something out in the bullpen. And I know that's probably not why he wants for his long term outlook. He's about to be free agent, but he's probably going to have to take a pillow contract somewhere else next year. So. You think you just try throw him out in the bullpen, see what happens. Maybe he, if an opening pops up, you can try him in the rotation again. But this isn't working, and no, the bullpen needs a little bit of help too, since they've been overworked so much with only like Garrett Cole providing them innings really in the first half. So they've been faltering lately too. Rod Marinaccio down in AAA. Yeah, I think I think like Severino could probably work as like a multi inning relief option or something, but you've got to do something there. Throw Randy Vasquez in the rotation at this point. Yeah, like, or start Johnny Brito and then have Domingo Armand come in and relief yeah. anyway. Can we, talk, can we talk about that for a minute? Like, Domingo so Armand, as much as I don't like him, has probably been the most fascinating thing about this season. It's just been so weird. Yeah. Like, he went from bad to, oh, maybe he has poop on his hands to, 
oh, sticky substance, uh, sticky uh, stuff, uh, uh, suspension to, oh, he just gave up 19 runs in, in over his last two starts to, oh, we're going to throw a perfect game to, oh, we're going to give up 20 runs over the next two starts to, oh, my armpit hurts, so I can't start today. <laughs> so we'll have Johnny Brito start. And then after Johnny Brito, like, kind of crapped the bed, Domingo Armada appears out of nowhere. What? Like, this is just fascinating. It was, it was like, one of the, I feel like, it's some, it's, yes, Booth is sometimes candid, sometimes not, but it was honestly hilarious that when they saw him, Domingo Armada warming up in the bullpen, they're like, um, I, I, I guess he can <laughs> pitch. <laughs> just like trying to reckon it. <laughs> just like, then all the beat writers should be like, wait, Domingo Armada is warming up in the bullpen. <laughs> like, what the hell is happening? Oh my god. And not for nothing, he's only been like slightly below average. He is a 93 ERA plus. Again, not great, but compared to like Luis Severino's 57, like you'll take Good it. Good lord. That is bad. Yeah, and yeah. like the fact that he's been smoked in so many of his recent starts too, like just complete you can't put this bad offense out of it immediately and he's been putting it out of it just questions so far that it's like okay, well why are you even playing the next eight? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like I, I kind of wish like sometimes Aaron Boone just like s- literally wave a white flag. Like, you know what? Y'all got this. We're done. <laughs> we get everyone out of their misery. Well, I have good news for you, though. Do you? The season is going to be saved because the Yankees made a trade deadline deal and they added a reliever. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, what a relief! <laughs> ah. Yeah, let's let's get into the trade deadline. Honestly, we should have let off the show with this, but we needed to work through some catch up Yankees annoyance. But this is needed to work through this process. This is the latest frustration that the Yankees at the trade deadline, and to be clear, they had not. It was very much like 2016. They had entered it looking like shit, and there was some chatter. Maybe they would uh, sell some of these rentals, especially the guys who are on expiring contracts. Harrison Bader, Wandy Peralta, IKF, even Sevy, maybe someone send you something for him who knows but they decided that they did not like what people were offering them so they kept them all and they also did not freely trade for anyone to make this team better the only thing they did was add a reliever and the bullpen while it has been sort of dodgy in july has been the best part of the team so meanwhile the offense has been one of the worst in baseball so Congrats, guys. You solved it. Yeah, like, again, I, I can't, I don't really ever fault a team for not, quote-unquote, selling as much as it, like, makes sense. I just, I if if you trade off, like, if you sell off, like, and I'm fully well admitting I've been essentially checked out for two weeks, but if you, like, tried to start to trade your play, the two, three good players you have that are in expiring contracts, like, they're, you're giving me no reason to watch anymore, uh, completely, or even, like, follow. Like, you're just giving up. So, I, I, I as much as I get it why people say they should, I don't necessarily personally get upset that they don't. Well, the, the so, counterpoint is, was Harrison Bader making you watch this team, or was IKF or Wadney Peralta? Like, these are guys yeah, who were extraneous to the roster who they could have dealt and maybe even done something in the second half anyway, because they're not such difference makers that they need to be around, you know? I take umbrage to you mentioning IKF. I am his number one fan, and I love him now. Obviously. I love to eat a falafel. Mmm, falafel. 
Yeah, yeah, no, like, like I mean, like I said, I've been checked out for two weeks at this point, like at, at the very least. Like it, 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 they weren't making me watch them, but I was still like following along. Like I still cared enough to see what happened or whatever, even though I know exactly what's happening every single day. If they're just like punting, and again, I get it if they did. Like I'm not saying it'd be the wrong move. I just personally am not upset that they did it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and, but like we disagree there. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. Yeah, because like it's just they are floating along without any direction. They could have, I don't know if, if it would have been the right move to invest in this team uh, by getting some prospect, by getting some trade chips in there, but they did not do that. And they did not sell. And, you know, I, there were some argument to trading like labor Torres, Clay Holmes, Michael King guys who have control beyond this year, just because, it was very much a seller's market. Maybe you could get something more than than you normally would. And you also don't know if anything will change with those guys. Maybe you'd be able to, maybe this might be their maximum value at this point. But I under, I also understood the arguments for keeping those guys. I probably would have traded one of the relief. Like I I might have to trade Clay Holmes to see what would have been out there. Um, But at least the rentals, I, that is, I, I don't, it, it, to me, well, it's yes. very, and, and I don't think that they would have been able to get anything like 2016 trade deadline hauls for them. But just the dithering with no direction has put them in a position where now they're just sort of going to be playing out the string and again, just hoping that these veterans figure it out and it probably won't and they'll miss the playoffs. So, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, so, like, what I was getting is like, I, I, I don't necessarily fault them for not selling. Like fine, but I think the stupider decision was to do nothing. Yeah, that was like the worst. That's that's what I was trying to get at. Like that was uh, like it, like selling. Like okay, fine. Like I, I don't necessarily love it when a team does that, but I get it. Right, it makes sense to a certain degree. But just doing nothing is just absolutely like inexcusable. Like pick a lane, Brian Cashman, and from like all the reports about how he was just being frustrating to deal with and just like asking for a king's ransom or like to like for any of the assets he had to trade and it's just like dude what are you doing at least with clay holmes i i don't think was he actually a free agent at the end of the season i thought he still has no he, like arbitration he, eligible or something clay holmes is clay holmes would be in the category of the guys like glaver torres where it's like him and king like they were they i don't think they were ever actually seriously shopped i think the yankees the yankees had been asked about torres and holmes but like they had not actively shopped them um so that's like its own category of like I would have encouraged him to see what sort of deals were out there on on them and maybe at least maybe traded Holmes. But at the same time, I understand not wanting to impact the 2024 team all that much. But like your Peralta, Bader, IKF. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like just doing nothing, essentially. Like, yeah, technically you, you did make two trades, one for an actual reliever and one for a made-up person with a very, very bad track record in the majors. <laughs> a guy who was apparently, like, I was seeing, like, he was DFA'd, like, seconds before the deadline, and the Yankees were like, we'll take him. So, honestly, it wasn't even a real trade. <laughs> yeah, fair. Like, they did. They, they technically sent money to the Rangers. It was literally for cash considerations. I wish yeah. they sent Cashman to the Rangers. Hey. Hey. No, we are stuck but, with yeah. him for four years. <laughs> yeah, just doing nothing is, it, it, that's inexcusable, and it's just, 
it's pathetic. It's very really. representative of where the team is right now. Yeah. Like Peter talked about this in his recap, and uh, honestly, when he was on Twitter last night, we're not talk. We're not going to be calling it X. <laughs> but oh god, yeah. And uh, Sam went into this a little bit today in his Yankees trade deadline recap. But the the just decision the the decision to just like hold Pat. I think we're going to find out in like a few years that like basically Cashman decided. I'm not going to do anything with this team because it's probably a lost cause at this point. And I don't really, and I don't feel like the risk of maybe they put it back together. Surprisingly. So was worth whatever was being offered for the rentals, but like, it's just in the moment and probably in, in hindsight. Anyway, it will still look very stupid. This has been the, the one of the worst trade deadlines the Eagles have ever had. And that's including wow. like the 2019 one where they literally just traded Joe Harvey. And that was it. What, what, what year was it when they got Andrew Heaney? That was 2021, but that was bad in a different way. At least, like, no, they no, took swings on that one. No, no, I'm just, I just was trying to remember. But, yeah. No, like, Brian Cashman may still be a okay to good general manager, but I don't think he's a good general manager for Hal Steinbrenner's level type of ownership. I don't think he's a good general manager for 2023. Like I think maybe that too. Yeah, there was there was a time I think when a lot of Yankees fans were not appreciating what he was doing because there were a lot of good moves in there, but for a, a, quite a while now there have been just a lot of bad ones, and the only highlights have been occasionally churning something good out of Jake like Jake Bowers, um, but there haven't really been any like super savvy trades either, like. The kind no. that sort of defined his previous decade when they brought in Didi Gregorius, even like as some deadline ones where he got like Brandon McCarthy for Vidal Nuno, and that didn't save that season, but it's just a very good little masterstroke. Those are just some small examples, but like I think the game has just passed him by, and the Yankees are just rolling along with it because they gave him a four year extension after everything terrible that happened in the second half last year. And I think, you know, his contract was up. They had to make a decision on him, but do you have to give him four years? Yeah. I don't know. Like it's the same thing as like, Oh yeah, we'll extend Boone for three years after the 2021 bad season and wild card game. Yeah. Like, and again, I don't know if anybody else does anything better. Cause like, right. yeah, I, I, I I don't disagree. I I think the game has passed him by, but I think part of it's also like he just doesn't know how to operate with Al's like budget constraints and restrictions and flip flopping every other year, right? Like there was talks about like oh this trade deadline they're trying to get under the tax threshold now when like what like you just keep going back and forth, and I just don't think he is equipped to handle that kind of fluctuation from his boss. Yeah, or the problems so, where he didn't have he's talked about like uh, maybe we could have gotten like a left fielder there were some budget constraints and like yeah that part is on how it's also on his roster construction exactly <laughs> and it, 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 i think it's bo- both things actually to be honest like he he the game is passing by and he just especially doesn't know how to, how to function with how yeah and that is something that any anyone who would be coming in would have to deal with so yeah. we are, like, we tw- trudge along uh, 2017 yeah. was a great, like, obviously one of my favorite seasons ever uh, as, a, as a Yankees fan. Like, it was fantastic. And then, you know, they had this, like, whole, like, thing of, like, oh, we're getting younger. We're going to have this young core. And then, what, six years later? And it's just like, hey, we're all the shit and bad again. Yeah. Uh, like, how like, does that happen? The how only... do you go from 2017 to 2023? The only young guy on this team 
basically with DNA from there is other than Judge is Glaber, and Glaber might be on his way out. And like maybe you can lump in Volpe since he was drafted at that time, but I don't think that's accurate. Um, Instead, they've had to just be pulling in more veterans because they haven't had the internal infrastructure to supplement all these players. Like it's easy to say, oh, they should be like the Dodgers and have like all these great homegrown people. And yeah, the Dodgers deserve a lot of credit for what they've done over the past decade, just be consistent winners to turn this out. But now we're seeing more and more teams provide like, endless depth like any like i know the rays just had a terrible month but it seems like every other week they pull out oh we got this uh chad low guy from, like triple a and he's you know inserted into the lineup he's getting some home runs so there's just no That's the real internal that, help they're like the organization like the ownership front office coaching staff like everything's just bad like honestly like, even if they got somebody like i wouldn't be like, even if they got, like, literally Shohei Otani and Juan Soto at this trade deadline, right? If they did, yes, some people would still complain because they're people. But, like, I think you and I would both be, like, ecstatic. Yeah. Regardless of what the situation is. Because they got two phenomenal talents. And they added it to this roster. And they're like, okay, yeah, we know we've been messing up. But we're going to try and save the ship. I would expect them to fully just be bad. Like, the Yankees <laughs> organization, as soon as, like, talent comes here, for some reason, for the most part, and, like, there are exceptions. Garrett Cole is obviously a very good exception to that. But, like, Clay Holmes just, turned it around. Clay Holmes, Clay, there, there are few, yeah, Clay Holmes turned it around. But, like, this, this organization sucks the life out of you. I don't know what it is, and they have no way to, like, fix it. I I don't know if it's just bad hires and the coaching staff. Like, again, I'm not going to really fault Sean Casey too much. He's just some random dude who got he an hasn't opportunity fixed. to <laughs> – he hasn't, he hasn't fixed anything, but like I don't, I, I don't care about him that much. Like he, he the issue was present before him, and yeah, midseason you're not going to find like probably a real person. So like, I, whatever. Like you just basically got a warm body to get you through the rest of the year because you were just done with Dylan Lawson. Sure, why not? I don't care. But there's got to be some fundamental changes like, to the organization because like and like the miners are so successful and it's just like, like it, they come to the major Anthony Volpe like you know we, we defended him for so long but like it's getting to the point like I don't know what the, what to expect or make of him. I think with him at least he's like young enough that it is extremely understandable to have some growing pains and like if his OPS plus for the season is eighty that's not good but again he is a twenty two year old rookie. Some 22-year-old rookies who are top prospects don't come in and immediately win Rookie of the Year or even all that good. And he's been good at other aspects of the game. So the point for me will be seeing how he develops next year, honestly, more than this year. So, But do you trust the Yankees to develop him? That's my. That's what I'm getting at. Like, I, I trust his. Uh, I trust his natural talents at least. Sort ability, of shine yeah. through. That's fair. But what we get that's that's a problem for 2024. But yeah, as you said, like the rest of the team around them is just nothing nothing really much unless you're big on Jake Bowers. And also the thing about like like 2019, it made them think that they could change any hitter into uh, oh, a huge contributor, but really yeah. it's probably just the juice ball, you know? Yeah, like the Yankees are a team that learns the wrong lessons from their successes. Yeah. It seems like, at least in today's world, right? In the yeah. universe we're in. All right. Uh, we are winding down on time. Let's take an ad break and we'll be right back. And we're back. So let's do, if not only just to see how things have changed in the past couple weeks since our last show, our B-Ref check-in. Who besides Aaron Judge and uh, Garrett Cole is on top? <laughs> well, I would just like to point out Garrett Cole is just phenomenal. Yeah, 4.7 yeah. B- baseball reference war. So like, 
like incredible, incredible man. If he can win a Cy Young this year, that would make me at least feel one good thing about the season because he's a guy who's deserved it in the past. And absolutely, it, this is not as a dominant year as some of his other like seasons when he should have won the Cy Young. But hey, if this is it, please, that would be great for him because he, man, that guy's great. It'd be something. He's the only. His but- starts are the only like games that are actually must watch you know yeah if not only just to see what he does you know one that's essentially what i check in that's essentially what i check in these days yeah um following him is obviously aaron judge 2.6 war after missing uh two months because yeah yep anthony volpe who i was just crapping on kind of (laughs) is number three on the team defense and base running baby yeah clay holmes glaber torres and michael king round out the uh, top half Harrison Bader, baseball reference, loves its defense because his offense has not been there. <laughs> no. Ian Hamilton, Wandy Peralta, Randy Vasquez. Give him a spot in the rotation, please. Nick Ramirez, and then Billy McKinney at 12. Like, <laughs> <sighs> Randy Vasquez has made three starts and is in the top 12. And that's not, even though they're like, he's been, he's looked interesting. And then that's more of an indictment on these guys. Yeah, no, like, at, like at this point in the season, like a, uh, somebody who's, made three starts and doesn't even isn't even worth a full win probably shouldn't be the 10th best player on your team no no <laughs> probably but what do i know yeah all right so that's that who knows will pop up next week but probably not much inspiring so also rizzo is just out of there entirely at this point <laughs> yeah no he's just he's completely fallen off yikes it's bad anyway all right let's wrap this up Yankee in Manfred of the week. Yankee of the week. I'm claiming already Garrett Cole because I watched him throw seven shutout innings and is the only good thing. Okay, bye. That's fair. <laughs> that wasn't my my Yankee of the week is going to be the Grand Wilkes Bar Rail Riders for their Osvaldo Cabrera <laughs> Osvaldo, <laughs> Osvaldo bobblehead dual bobblehead office themed bobblehead thing. So yeah, that's the only good thing about this organization right now besides Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge. It's it's a it's a good bit with a special guest appearance by Kate Flannery. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Meredith, for checking in. Yeah, appreciate I, it. I do enjoy like it's 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 a little goofy, but for their sake, I enjoy that the office like bit actors, like people like Stanley, Kevin, Meredith, just are like on the circuit, just making these weird random weird appearances, like, hey, remember me? <laughs> yeah. Really quickly, do you remember when Stanley was trying to get like a GoFundMe for like a spin-off show where he was like some like rescuing some spy or whatever, but he was playing <laughs> Stanley Hudson? Like do you remember this? No, I don't at all. <laughs> oh, I have to find this reason. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'll send it to you. <laughs> all right. Who is your man for the week? <laughs> oh, I'm going for the trifecta here. We're going Halstein Brother, Brian Cashman, and Aaron Boone. Come on down and grab your reward, all three of you. <laughs> We did it. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. You all suck. Yeah, I I don't think I have a uh, objection there or even a counter cuz I was just going to say Cashman, but yeah, we can just throw them all on there. Yeah, it's bad. Just all Honestly, bad. Aaron Boone's like if it wasn't for the strikeouts quote is what propelled him into the into this right now for me. Yeah. I I can't get over that. Like I guess yeah, okay, I do have bad. to single out Anthony Rizzo just cuz he's like He's the biggest disappointment of this season so far. Like, I think there were enough holes in like DJ LeMahieu and Giancarlo Stanton and Josh Donaldson that you you could reasonably expect. Okay, wouldn't be shocking to see these guys fall off. But the, the degree to which Anthony Rizzo has just been absolute dog shit the last two months is horrible. 
And again, some yeah. of it, some of it's also on Boone for you know batting him third, even though he's like bad. But it's like who else? Who else do you but, bat? Like it, it, it it's I mean, just, just dumb. put Glaber there. I, I don't know, but like do something else. That's not working. There's and only he, so many spots that Judge and Glaber can fill. Yeah, and Jake Bowers, <laughs> the <laughs> Holy Trinity. <laughs> Can't forget him. All right, um, we are running out of time, so let's us uh, say farewell. Follow us on Twitter at Podiment Park at Mertz PSA. At Pimstrip Alley, Blue Sky, Threads, we're there too, blah, blah, blah. So go see Barbie. That's what I'll say. Yep. And Oppenheimer. Yes. Go go have the full Barbenheimer experience. Yeah. Don't watch the Yankees. All right. We'll no. T- we'll talk to you about the Yankees again sometime, maybe. Bye. See you.